Hello and welcome ladies and gentlemen to a brand new episode of the Denalysis podcast. I'm your host Dan and as always I'm joined on this fateful Monday night by Natalie and we're here to talk about, that's it, the football. So before we get stuck in, make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Denalysis and if you don't want to do that I guess you're just going to have to listen to us talk for an hour instead. Uh, Okay so let's dive straight into the big news. There is a blank game week in game week 31. Natalie, what the hell is a blank game week? It's when some teams don't play because they're too busy playing other games. That is correct. And that's on the 16th of March. There's only got to be five matches. And if you look at the fixture list, it's it's pretty ugly in terms of uh, genuine longer term FPL options. So this kind of suggests that the conventional wisdom would be to use your free hit here, assuming you haven't already used it. And I kind of feel like no one in their right mind would use transfers to build a, a full 11 for this week. So for context, for those of you who aren't necessarily aware of the teams playing on game week 31, we have, as I said, five matches. Bournemouth play at home to Newcastle. Burnley play at home to Leicester. West Ham play at home to Huddersfield. And then on Sunday, we have Fulham versus Liverpool and Everton versus Chelsea. So... There's not really, you're not going to want like 10, 11 players in your team from, from those teams, are you? Or or are you? Uh, Like not in real life, no. No, not in real life, only in alternate life where those teams are good. So it's kind of a situation where you you look at that and you think, yeah, I, I need to free hit here. Um, Liverpool and Chelsea are obviously the two teams who jump out as... Well, Liverpool jump out because everyone... I think most people have three Liverpool players. But Chelsea are kind of on the rocks at the moment as well. They keep losing. They obviously lost 6-0 to City. And yeah, uh, do you think there's any argument for an alternate approach to this? Or would it just be full-on delusion? In terms of the free hit? Yeah. No, it's it seems like the easiest and best option. Like I think just for pure simplicity, it's what you should do. And it's what we did this time last season as well. We did exactly the same thing. Yeah, and I do remember last season there were a number of people who were approaching it with uh, cuz if I remember correctly, Everton were in that week uh crystal palace were in that week um liverpool played watford it was the seller four goals or whatever it was exactly so that was the big the big moment of that week was salah scoring a bunch of goals to the point where he scored so many it would have been as fruitful to just triple captain him so that's kind of the only other sort of thing you could look at as maybe the, the thing is, that would be a good thing to do. Like, Sa- uh, Salah plays Fulham. It is away from home. So it does look like the kind of fixture that would be a good triple cap uh, captaincy option. But at the same time, there are so many teams that you just don't want to have your team built built around here. I mean, Chelsea are a perfect example of that. Like, would you have more than... Uh, given the way that Chelsea are currently playing, would you really have more than one or two players no and i'd probably actually only get chelsea players in for 31 on the free hit like to use up some of the money yeah yeah that's the amazing thing when you use a free hit on a a blank game week because there's always 
way too much money to actually get the you could have the most expensive players from every team um so i think west ham also have a very good favorable fixture here playing huddersfield at home bournemouth newcastle should be an interesting one and burnley leicester too those are I think those are quite evenly matched teams, but in different ways that quite different playing styles. So I'm going to be doing the same. I mean, I've already used my triple captain. I just dropped it on Salah and it was great fun until he just missed all the chances. And I mean, all I wanted was more than 10 points and he got eight. So I suppose I can't be, can't be too mad about that, but Sterling only went and got 18. So that was a bit of a bummer. Missed out on that one. So with the, the free hit situation, that's that. What about your other chips? Do you have a plan already in motion or are you open to suggestions? I know what I'm going to do about my triple captain. Like I don't have time to think about it. I'll just leave it to the last <laughs> game week again like I have for the last two seasons. Yeah. Um, But I guess I'll... Really, I want to bench boost Double game week, and then I want a wild card before the next one. Yeah, so that is something we should probably talk about. Actually, we expect that game week thirty two is going to be the first double game week. Besides, wait, yeah, we've already had one. We just had the Man City Everton one. Um, but yeah, we expect that game week thirty two will be where a number of these. Uh, fixtures from game week 31 go the reason for this being immediately after the game week commencing saturday the 30th of march there'll be three midweek days tuesday wednesday and thursday where there are no european games scheduled and no domestic cup games therefore this does present a potential window for premier league games to be rescheduled however as we learned last season with a double game week in week 37, it's not always the case that these go into what appears to be the obvious midweek slots. So make sure you don't put too much focus on thinking you know exactly which fixtures are going to be in exactly which game weeks, because there'll probably be a curveball at some point. And the same sort of logic applies to game week 35, which is when we expect the second double game week to be. But in reality, we're not going to know until they actually announce when these fixtures are going to be played. So that's just something to bear in mind. And that could all affect your bench boost or your triple captain ideas. So we're talking about this as we understand it, but it could change at any moment, depending on what the Premier League decide is best. Who knows? There are some good teams that will be in those. Though. I think Man City are certainly one that we need to look at because they're going to miss Game Week 27 uh, the week coming up. But they have a very favourable run of fixtures and they're quite likely to feature in both double game weeks. So we love a good little striker head-to-head. Arsenal have been struggling in recent weeks and Aguero has scored back-to-back hat-tricks. Is he, is he the new Aubameyang? Is he the new Mustang? Or could you even own both? Both right now, do you? Who would you get rid of? How would you get both? What would you do? You'd have to do so much messing around. I guess you could do it with a wild card, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. And I can definitely do it because I've basically taken all of the money out of my midfield apart from Salah. <laughs> so my team is cheap as hell right now. I've got like six million in the bank, possibly more. But that said, I do want to get Raheem Sterling back and that will account for a number of those millions. 
When did you get rid of, of him? Minions. Uh, literally just after the last game week um, finished. Because obviously they blanked this game week. And I was like, he's probably not going to rise. I can't even remember who I brought in at this point. Who was it? I'm just keeping him. Is it someone I good? Think... Oh, it was Son. That was it. So there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, yeah. So I think if you have, I guess, to... okay, Aubameyang. If you have Aubameyang, keep him for Southampton and Bournemouth, both at home, which are Arsenal's next two Premier League fixtures, right? Yeah, and Arsenal are generally just good at home. They win right. most of their home games. The only problem is Lacazette and the Europa League. Yes, it could present itself as a minor problem, that. Because Lacazette got sent off in the Europa League, meaning that Aubameyang will have to play because who else is going to do the striking? Yeah, that is that is a problem for Arsenal. They don't really... They have two very good strikers, but if they lose one of them, there's only one left to play. So I I do wonder about this because I feel like Emery doesn't really have much of a choice in that he has to play his best players because now now it's a crunch time for Arsenal. We've got a lot of winnable games and frankly need to win them. <laughs> like without playing Aubameyang, who is one of the best strikers in the league, it seems that that would be a, a bit of a big risk for him to take, especially with all this like crazy Ozil situation going on. So in terms of rotation or uh, being benched, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen just yet to Aubameyang. And I think we should just play that by ear, like see what happens. Obviously, like you say, if you already have Aubameyang and you haven't, I mean, we would have strongly advocated to not bring Aguero in for the game against Chelsea and he scored a hat-trick again. But Aguero definitely isn't going to score points this week. So you don't need to transfer. (laughs) So you definitely don't need to transfer him. Uh, transfer him out for transfer Aubameyang out for Aguero just yet Uh, and I think we'll see won't we we'll see who starts I think Aubameyang will play again I'm not really entirely sure what what formation um, Emery is going to go with or what his plans are going forward because Arsenal are in a bad way are they particularly away from home and I, I think that is why I made the point about them having good home form these two back-to-back should be good for confidence and good opportunities for Arsenal to get some goals against teams who aren't amazing defensively. Bournemouth in particular, I'd look at as being a, a team who are always keen to leak some goals. So Aubameyang stays for the next two game weeks. The thing with Aguero is, if you have him currently, depending on how many City players you do have going into this game week, I would advise you stick with them. Like, I'm just putting Sterling on my bench. I don't want to get rid. Because Man City's following three Premier League fixtures are West Ham at home, Bournemouth away and Watford at home. And those look nice. Yeah, and I don't think any of those teams are overly convincing defensively. Well, quite. So I just don't... For me, it's not worth the hassle of getting rid of Sterling for one game week and then bringing him back. I don't think it's worth it. And I'd say exactly the same if you have Aguero, especially because with Aguero, the only place you're probably going to look to go is to Aubameyang. And I don't know, it depends how much your team needs it, I guess. 
but I still don't think it's worth the move. I'd rather just have them sit on my bench for a week and that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I was previously thinking um, of maybe looking at someone like Higuain, but Chelsea look awful. And to be honest, when you look at Chelsea's fixtures, they're not that good. Uh, They're obviously losing to Man United right now, still 2-0. And they play Spurs next uh, in game week 28. They have Fulham for uh, game week 29, but then it's Wolves, Everton, Cardiff, West Ham, Liverpool. Like, they have a few good fixtures littered in there, but they've got a lot of top six sides and a lot of sort of tricky away games, like away to Cardiff with the way that Chelsea are playing at the moment. That sounds like a massive banana skin. I think unless Chelsea change their manager, it's looking like a pretty worrying situation for them. The one thing in favour of maybe a double up of of guys like Aubameyang and Aguero is like both of these teams have double game weeks coming up. City's fixtures all the way to the end of the season are pretty amazing. Like to me, these are all these are all wins, uh, with the exception of Spurs at home and they've also got the Manchester derby. Uh, and I think there's another one missing maybe that I, I haven't gotten here. They're pretty much just like mid-table and below. So I don't actually think, yeah, I think holding on to your City assets is a really good idea. Uh, but Arsenal likewise have a very favourable run towards the end of the season. The only question I'd ask maybe is about whether or not they can turn that away form around because that's been such a an Achilles heel for them this season. And like you say, keep them keeping Aubameyang for the next two weeks. Then game week 29 and 30, they have Spurs and Man United back to back. So that'd be a perfect time to make that switch, even if you do do it for just a couple of weeks. So my transfer in this week, it's none other than Mr. Son because he's playing Burnley. And it's actually my first Spurs player who's made it into my team this season. Okay. I have a lot of questions. Yeah, okay. Far away. So, how long are you planning on keeping him for? This is kind of up in the air at the moment, because basically the situation I had was Sterling isn't playing this week, and I don't really, like, after getting rid of all of my premium midfielders, like, I had Sterling, David Silva, Salah, those were, like, my three my three big dogs, I've just been gradually moving them out, knowing that City had this blank coming. Um, the the David Silver one was was fine, whatever. Like I took him out for like Ryan Barbel or something, who got like one point, which was the same as Silver, so that was fine. Uh, although he did miss a he did miss a shot from like two yards against Man United, which was very annoying. So yeah, I thought Sterling, I could get rid of him for this week. I could have a full eleven of basically teams who are or players who have good fixtures because I have a double up on Southampton I have Redmond and Bednarek I didn't really want to play both of them against Arsenal I kind of don't want to play either of them purely you know for a combination of the fact that I support Arsenal and also it's a home game and I'm aware that Arsenal are quite good there and I saw Son had Burnley and I just thought you know I've ignored him all this time and he's probably scored about 100 points while I've been looking at him and being like, oh no, I'm not going to get him because he's got a tough fixture in like three weeks time. Now I'm just like, I I don't care. Like, I'm just going to bite the bullet and go for it. And 
They play Arsenal and Chelsea after Burnley. Chelsea just conceded six against Man City. And Arsenal, while I don't think they're in quite as dire form as Chelsea are right now, they're not good defensively. And I could definitely see Son picking up a number of goals because the ridiculous thing about Son is he can play like crap and still get a goal from it. And that's that's the problem I have. Like, I guess you could say, you know, Son does consistently get into good positions. He is a very good attacker, but some of his goals have been really scruffy. And I kind of look at the one he get, got against Newcastle, for example, where he just took a really tame shot and Dubravka kind of palmed it into his own net. It's stuff like that that turns me off of him, but I'm starting to think it's not really luck with Son and you just have to ride that train while it's while it's, while it's it's rolling, essentially. That's kind of my feeling on him. Okay. Um, also... So you thought, I'll get Son in where Spurs play Burnley at Turf Moor. <laughs> Against Mr. The Resurgent Heaton, let's say. Burnley haven't lost a game since Heaton returned and Spurs haven't drawn a game this season. So, Thus, <laughs> so what you're saying the is they will definitely lose. Burnley will win. That's actually really good statistical analysis there. And... I'm quite annoyed I didn't wait until now to to make that transfer. Well, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like Spurs have been grinding out results. Son has been getting a goal in every game. I I think the stat was like when Son scores, they they always win. So I I guess they've won a lot of games. So it's kind of a dumb stat anyway. But so I guess that they he won't be scoring and they won't be winning. Yeah, that that is quite plausible. That could be what happens and. I don't know. I mean, for me, I feel like this has got in my head a little bit. I've deliberately avoided Son because I knew that he was going away to the Asian game, uh, the Asian Cup, and he scored like a bunch of goals in that time and missed out on about 50, 60 points. And then he came back from the Asian Cup and I was like, oh, he's complaining about being tired and he gets right back into the swing of things and he's scoring a goal every week. So for me, it's just that thing of I, I can't like logically justify ignoring him anymore because if he scores again, I'm just going to be so mad at myself. And I've already ignored so many points. Add to that the fact that so many people own him because he's very well priced for someone who is very consistent and in a, a team that's performing basically at their at their peak right now. Um, I think Spurs were the... I can't remember the exact stat, but I think they were the the highest like overperforming team in terms of their xg in the the current like period of games or whatever so you have this situation of them being really in form and son being sort of the shining light in that in that attack and yeah i i just had to do it okay because what i was going was planning on doing was getting was taking pogba out and getting son but uh, I've decided that that's actually really stupid and I shouldn't do that. Because even though Man United play Liverpool this weekend and we'd expect them maybe not to score that many goals against Liverpool, Man United's following two fixtures are Crystal Palace and Southampton. I can't tell you if they're home or away because I'm not looking at a thing that tells me if they're home or away. Palace is away, Southampton's at home. Cool. I have just realised that what I am looking at does tell me exactly whether they're home <laughs> or away, but I just hadn't read the key properly. Um, 
and then it's Arsenal after that. So at that point, I was thinking about changing to Son, where Spurs play Southampton. But then I'm hit with the blank game week, and it's all kind of null and void now. Uh, like the reasons I wanted to make the moves don't re- really exist anymore. Yeah. So I'm not going to have Son, and that's absolutely fine by me. Yeah. So. After the Southampton game, they obviously have have the blank, and then it's Liverpool after that away from home. Um, but they do game week thirty three, uh, unless unless of course Brighton go through to the semi finals of the FA Cup, it'd be Brighton and then Huddersfield back to back at home. So for Spurs, it's kind of a bit of a mixed bag. Like they have some good fixtures in there, but they also have to play Liverpool, uh, Chelsea, Arsenal, of course. Man City are in there as well. So I can see why you'd be reluctant. And Pogba also, from game week 32 onwards, like his fixtures are really good as well. So it's it's kind of a coin toss between those two players. Like, yeah. I almost don't think it's worth getting rid of Pogba at yeah. this point. If you have him, I think you might as well just stick. I'd, I'd probably agree with that because I, I do think there's, there's probably something here to be gained by getting out of Pogba early. Also, actually, uh, Pogba can't play in Europe for the next game. or Yeah, because he right? got sent off. I think it's only a one-match ban. I think it was a second yellow, but I, I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh-huh. But he will. I, I mean, Pogba will play every game anyway because he's he's fit, he's young. Mm. I sound like I'm chatting him up now, but like he's <laughs> going to he's going to play every game because he's their key player. He's a talisman. Yeah. And also he missed a lot of football earlier in the season because Jose kept benching him. So he must, he's probably not struggling with the same levels of fatigue that, that some players who have played a lot will be. Um, yeah, I, I do think it's worth mentioning that, I mean, we have mentioned this a lot in previous podcasts, but Man United do have a very tricky run, especially if they stay in Europe, but that's quite unlikely. Because um, Crystal Palace, Southampton, not... They're not terrible teams, even though they're lower, lower in the table. Um, but the problem with that is you, of course, need to move to someone who's scoring as consistently as Pogba and better. And mm. there is probably no one who's more informed than Pogba right now. So if you have him, especially if you built up value in him, I would find it very hard if I owned him to justify getting rid. Yeah. Um, but I don't own him because I'm freaking mental and yeah I, I wouldn't bring him in now but yeah it's it's it seems like one of those where you could risk it and you could it could go really well but there's no one obvious like he's in such a good price range for what he offers um he's actually been outperforming guys like sterling if you take out this this last game week where he scored scored two and assisted then yeah it, it's he, he's been essentially the best performing midfielder around um, so what did we skip? We skipped the Hammers. Yes. So West Ham, they have a, a very favourable run of fixtures up ahead and no blank game weeks. Mm. Doesn't really... Well, that's... Is that strictly true? Uh, so the other one... Was... Oh, it was only if Chelsea got through. Yeah. Uh, in 33. And game week... What was it? Game week 30? Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Uh, so... West Ham, Arnautovic and Felipe Anderson, two out of favour, previously 
I, I don't know if you could quite call Arnautovic a hero this season. He hasn't really performed consistently at all. Uh, but Anderson certainly was on a, a nice little run. What do we think about these guys as good differentials? When we look at the fixtures coming up, we have Fulham at home, which is obviously a very, very tasty one. Uh, then it's Man City away. Okay, we'll ignore that. We'll, we'll brush That's that one under the rug. That's the only one for the next f- like six. Yeah. Is annoying. Yeah, then they have four games against, well, bottom half opposition, essentially. It's... And three of them are at home. Exactly. So Newcastle at home, then it's Cardiff away, which is probably the one out of these four that I'd, I'd look at as the toughest fixture, especially being away from home. Then it's Huddersfield at home, and then it's Everton at home. And you have to think, this is a great opportunity for them to, to get some wins, get some points on the board, and rack up some goals, because... I don't think any of these teams have consistently kept clean sheets. Even Man City, like Fulham, even though they improved marginally after getting rid of um, the guy whose name I always forget. I've no idea what that man was called. I've absolutely no idea. Jokanovic. Hmm. That's Who? that's Jokanovic. Um, Who? <laughs> you're just going to keep forgetting every time I tell you, aren't you? So there's, yeah. there's no way. There's no way I can show you. Yeah, like this is a great great time to bring a West Ham player in uh, because they're playing Fulham. But at the same time, we don't really know what's going on with Arnautovic. Like he, he started on the bench in the last Premier League game, I believe. Yeah, Arnautovic played how many minutes? 22. Like 22. Yeah, so I can't really tell if he's in favour or what at this point because he's probably had some time to reintegrate. But I would say that this has probably had a negative effect on the dressing room, which does make this a little bit of a risky, risky punt. Because although he's a great player and they do have a very favourable run of fixtures, it's maybe if you don't own Arnautovic in particular, a little bit too early to go there. But the flip side is, if it pays off and he scores four against uh, four against Fulham, you're in the money. So uh, what, what do you think overall about his situation? Do you think he's the best option or do you think you should be looking more at guys like Anderson and maybe even Nazri and Lanzini who are making their yeah uh I wouldn't go for Arnautovic right now but that's because like my front three are there living their lives um but I like the idea of having one of these West Ham attackers as a differential because everyone's kind of got rid over the last few weeks yeah and there's certainly, as I said, a lot of a lot of opportunities for goal scoring against the quality of defences they'll be up against. And even bring back the old boy Diop for the game against Everton. Because they concede from a set piece like three times every game. Surely that will be Diop's time to get a goal against Marco Silva's hapless set piece defendees. But yeah, I, I really I really like the look of their fixtures. I think Fabianski could be handy in this run-in as well because there's a lot of low-scoring teams. Although I am looking at... There are a few players like Barbel for Fulham, um, Mitrovic as well, of course, and Newcastle with Rondon and Almiron. Like, those are guys that I look at and I think they could they could certainly score. So I'm not 100% set on Fabianski, but these are generally low-scoring teams. But also more shots, yeah. more saves. Yeah, well, that's quite true, and always the opportunity to give away a penalty and, and let Fabianski save it. 
Speaking of the boys Newcastle and Rondon and Amarant, they also have mm. a very favourable run in. Uh, it's true. So they have Huddersfield and Burnley back to back, then West Ham, of course, and then Everton at home, then Bournemouth away. And even after that, they face Arsenal away, but they've got a bunch of basically bottom of the table teams apart from Leicester and Liverpool. I think this is definitely a good time to start looking at those guys as well. Is there anyone who who jumps off the page for Newcastle? Uh, I guess this man whose name I'm not sure how to pronounce. Almiron? No. Uh, oh, Cher. Yes. Fabian Cher. Yes. Um, this weekend, Charlie announced that he'd got rid of Lewis Dunk from his team. And I said... How dare you? Correct. You are now single and, for the 17th and, uh, time this week. <laughs> oh my God, it's so true. Wow, that's literally <laughs> me. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, who did you get in? And he was like, Cher. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I couldn't really be mad about it. Yeah, yeah. He's quite a good player. He scores goals as well. I say he scores goals. He he scored goals in one game, he but there were two, two of them. Goals. And then he got one assist. Yet to have a clean sheet, though, poor guy. Yeah, and I will say... Well, he had one. He had two earlier in yeah, the season, but... One of the few fixtures I can actually remember from last game week, which feels like a lifetime ago, was the Newcastle Wolves game, because I was watching... Oh, because you were so mad. I was watching intently with my new signing coming off the bench, Almiron. <laughs> um, I just committed the worst faux pas by calling a player I brought into my fantasy team a new signing. I hate that. That's one of my least favourite things of FPL is when people call players they transferred in a signing. You didn't sign them. You hit a button. You brought. You transferred them in. Ran over. I was very excited to watch Amaron play. He didn't start the game. He came off the bench. He looked very energetic. Um, one of the things I mentioned before is he's a player that, that should be able to link up uh in their counter-attacks and, and hopefully be decisive, get a good number of assists and, and goals. And yeah, he, he constantly looked a threat. And Newcastle were incredibly unlucky to walk away with a draw from that game because although Wolves were probably the better team in terms of like how many shots they took, how much possession they had, Newcastle really, really... I mean, Dubravka had a really good game and... They kept them out quite comfortably in the end. They were restricting Wolves to not very good chances. And then Bolly basically fouls the keeper and, and gets a late goal. It kind of sucks for Newcastle right now. It feels like that's the way their luck has been going in recent weeks. And I don't know if that means it has to turn or if that means it's going to carry on sucking. Uh, I mean, I guess you'd hope that it would be good from now on. Yeah. I mean, I... you would hope. Well, Huddersfield next. Surely, surely. I mean, I know Arsenal will let Arsenal will let them score, but I I say that, and then it, was, it wasn't even Huddersfield who scored the goal. It was Kalasinac, that's true, which also was really annoying because he was on for like twelve points, and then he scored yeah. an own goal, went down to so two. Funny. It was the most ridiculous thing and the most very Arsenal thing. Uh, kind of ruined my week, really, to be honest. But uh, my fantasy week that was not my like actual actual week, week yeah but yeah I, I think this team are definitely one to look out for Amaron very exciting I think he should probably slot into the the starting 11 against Huddersfield because I mean what who... will you do if he doesn't oh I, I will gracefully accept my one point 
<laughs> okay. And that will be that. Uh, but yeah, two home games back to back against, I mean, Burnley, they are good. Heaton has really changed the game for them. So I'd maybe be a bit more unsure about that one, but now's a good time. And Rondon also, very, very good budget striker. And like I say, Almiron, you can't necessarily be sure that he's got to start, but if he's in the team, I think Rondon has got to get more chances. Right. Who else Who else is good, Natalie? Who else have we got on this, in this here fantasy league season who is worth looking at? Well, so the rest of my bits are split up into two of like... Then there's five teams who are guaranteed to play every week from now on to the end of the season. Yeah. And then my teams to avoid. Yeah. So there are five other teams who are guaranteed to play every week. Bournemouth, Burnley, Huddersfield, Leicester and Liverpool. Bournemouth, uh, from game week 30 onwards, their fixtures are well and truly lit. Um, they only face Spurs the week before the end of the season. But other than that, like it's such smooth sailing for them. Uh, once they've dealt with Wolves and Man City in the next three weeks. I would highly recommend looking at... Literally every one of these teams is in the bottom half of the table, apart from Leicester. They're the only top, terrible anyway. top half team. And yeah, who struggle against rubbish teams. So, you know, there's that. So it's really wild. So when you're thinking about your potential uh, wild carding. Even though Bournemouth won't have a double game week at yeah. any point. Is that true? Uh, what's game week 33? Burnley. So no, they won't. So they won't have a double at any point. But their fixtures are so good that I think it's one of those things where you can't like overlook the fact that they've got good fixtures. And so Absolutely. even though you have a double, you shouldn't not get them in. To ignore these fixtures would be doing what I did with Son. And ignoring that he has like three good games and then he's going away for the the Asian Cup. Like in that time, he scored like 50, 60 points. And the players I had instead of him did not make up anywhere near that. So you have to look at, I mean, game week 30 is Huddersfield away. And I think David Brooks should be back around that time as well. And he was looking sensational before he got injured. I think he scored two against Chelsea, didn't he? Or certainly yeah. walked away with like 15 points or something so he is probably the first the first name on the list for me because he's really cheap as well he's like i think 5.1 or something he's probably gone down due to being injured as well fraser obviously a, a fan favorite from earlier in the season and also callum wilson but he seems to have just really struggled with injury recently so i think david brooks is definitely the place to look there and should mention like in general like when you're you're looking at your transfers for the next sort of four or five weeks or so you should be thinking about these things of who are the teams that are definitely going to play because you're definitely going to want a few for uh, game week 33 when you have a couple couple more blanks i think depending on the draw there could potentially be like eight teams or something blanking from um i haven't done the math on this so it could be totally wrong uh because it depends who faces who in game week 33 yeah but you could have you know potentially six eight teams missing out due to mm -hmm. who's playing who in the fa cup so yeah it's it's important to consider these guys unless you're going to wild card in which case it's still important to consider having a team that you you want going forward for the 
the latter part of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you know when you're going to wildcard? By the way, no, I have no idea. I I kind of feel like because one thing I forgot to mention earlier for anyone who's new to FPL and they're playing it for the first season, like you cannot wildcard and play like a bench boost on the same week. I think I'll probably do it before I'm thinking game week 30 like that looks like a good time for me it's too soon for me I think yeah it depends really because also the thing to consider at the end of the season is depending on who's playing for what like teams get rotated a lot as well and especially in double game weeks you end up with these situations where you go so hard on double game weeks and then you end up getting like the player you invested all your your money in plays like 30 minutes of one game or something because like Pep's giving minutes to Jesus or something so it it's kind of important not to get too blinkered by just going for double game week teams and actually looking at the likes of Bournemouth as well uh, is there anyone else on your on your agenda that has a nice little run in yes yes and no so actually Leicester have really good fixtures yeah. Uh, coming up, but also, can anybody trust them to actually do anything? Yeah, I mean, my first question would be to that: who who would you pick from Leicester? Like, I don't know. People are getting no one, is Pereira there? back in. I I can understand that because he is a good player, but also he's too expensive for what he offers. Like when you can have Doherty for essentially the same price, or I mean, I guess most people already have him, but. I just don't feel like Leicester keep anywhere enough clean, anywhere near enough clean sheets against the teams you'd expect them to keep clean sheets against. Yeah. All their clean sheets come against the likes of Chelsea and City, and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, what was going on here? So, and then if you do play them in those games and they concede, you look like a dumbass. So <laughs> it's yeah. I can understand having Pereira if you've just got like cash left over and you just want to spend it somewhere, but he's not a player I'd be looking at and. Vardy seems to be on the naughty step permanently with Puel because he keeps keeps dissing him to the media. And I can't remember what the quote was. It was something ridiculous. Like, I th- it might have even been on the pitch. Like, he just called him a, a dickhead or something. And Puel subsequently left him on the bench for the next game. So i think vardy's an iffy one maybe someone like damari gray and they signed that guy tielemans tielemans don't really know how to say his name he looks really good but i don't think he's going to be a guy who gets like big numbers i think Mm. he'll get he'll get like the odd long shot goal or something and he'll look like the best player in the league but you're not going to see like crazy numbers from him and Leicester, I mean, for all the quality they have, they don't really score many goals. But they do play Fulham and Huddersfield. <laughs> so maybe just for those two games. And Burnley in game week thirty one. Oh, I was like, if they had a good if they had a good fixture in game week thirty one, I'd be all over it. Yeah, you need to stop bashing on Burnley because although they also still have um I meant- five of the I meant that from Leicester's point of view, by the way. Not, I think Burnley is a bad fixture for Leicester. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Burnley, although they still have five of the top six to play for the end of the season, the fixtures are really nicely spread out. Like they'll have like one bag fixture and then two good ones. 
and then a not so good one and then a good one so I quite like that so I have barns at the moment and I'm not gonna get rid I was thinking about it but actually uh so we've got Spurs this weekend and then Newcastle and Crystal Palace straight after yeah and then Liverpool but then Leicester and Wolves so like it does chop and change around and I think until game week 35 if you have barns or wood they're definitely worth holding on to and if you have a cheap like barns must still only be what like 5.5 or something Hmm. i haven't written it down because that would be too much preparation (laughs) oh yeah it's we've had so long off fpl i just don't care about prices anymore (laughs) 5.6 barns is right and if burnley keep getting given penalties like they are then then dice won't have anything to moan about anymore Oh, I'm sure he'll find something. Yeah. Um, but still, it's looking all right for those two. Well, that was the big thing, wasn't it? Like Barnes was having chances galore. I think he had one of the highest XG totals of any of the strikers in the Premier League. He was up there with like Aguero and Aubameyang. So his 11 points last week was simply sensational, I would say. I thought so, personally. Yeah. The only thing is that coincided with the Kalasanach own goal week for me. So I saw you shoot up in the rankings with your, your sweet 11 points and I was like, Kalasanach, you little bit. You win some, you lose some. Um, and finally, Liverpool. Um, you can just rest safe in the knowledge that they're probably going to not fuck us all over. Yeah. Um. But the only annoying thing is that their potential double game week in game week 32 isn't that nice. Yeah, it'll be Uh, what, Spurs and... Who's the other team? Oh, wait, no. Do they have a double? They don't have a double, do they? They... Oh, that's the gag. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So they don't have a double in game week 32. That's the only kind of, like... But caveat yeah but liverpool like man city their run into the end of the season is freaking glorious well quite they they play watford everton burnley fulham spurs southampton chelsea so that's that's kind of a big three three uh game weeks there but then it's yeah. cardiff huddersfield newcastle wolves like that is a very favorable run in for a team who's competing for the title yeah it's a similar story to bournemouth here i think is that when you're doing your wild card or you're preparing your team for the double game weeks, you don't want to dismiss Liverpool just because they don't have two games in that game week because then you'll mess yourself up for the rest of the season having to try and squeeze those players back in. Yeah, and I think Liverpool, we're going to see... It's going to get panicky at the end of the season. Like, I don't think they're going to hammer Cardiff and Huddersfield and Newcastle in, like, three of the last four game weeks. But I do think having two Liverpool defenders or having Alisson is a very viable option because there are a lot of teams here that they're going to need to to keep clean sheets against if they're going to win this title. And yeah, I think there could be... That's actually part of my logic in downgrading a lot of my midfield was to free up some money for Van Dijk because originally I was looking at Gomez, but everyone else in the Liverpool defence just seems way too injury-prone. Like, I kind of have to go for Van Dijk at this point, unless I go for Trent. But, 
I, I do like Trent because he does have some good attacking potential as well, but so does Robertson. I already have him. So I don't really know about that one. But yeah, I think their, their fixtures being so favourable certainly lends itself to a lot of keep, clean sheet potential. And like you say, don't dismiss them because they don't have a double game week. They're one of the best teams in the league. So they will bring in the points, that's for sure. I would like to shout out to both Brighton and Cardiff. Yeah. So Brighton's form has been super iffy recently. Like they haven't won a league game this year, I think. Yeah, they've been poor, yeah. But they're doing all right in the FA Cup, so at least there's that. Um, So although they blank this game week and they'll blank in 31, uh, I think it's worth keeping the players that you have for for their other fixtures. So like I wouldn't get rid of Dunk if I had Knocker or March or... I don't know who people have from Brighton. Ryan, I guess. Ryan's the big one for me because I was thinking about shipping him out. And then when they went through in the FA Cup, I was like, I'm going to take that sweet double game week. Yeah, so they'll have two double game weeks as well because their Chelsea fixture hasn't been rescheduled yet. Yeah. Also. And, And I think one of the sort of conventional wisdoms of double game weeks is goalkeepers almost always do well. Because they have mm. two chances for a clean sheet and often they end up coming up with something. I, I remember having Fraser Forster a few years ago and he, I think he went into the second fixture against Liverpool on two points. And then he saved a penalty and kept a clean sheet and it was absolutely incredible. So having like two double game week goalkeepers is pretty hype. I would highly recommend yeah. it. And Matt Ryan is certainly a, a good good one there. Mm. So that's that. And also Cardiff. Uh, The fixtures aren't awful, but I definitely like Cardiff as a team to, like, for players to, like, bulk out your team. So, like, if you just need a fifth midfielder or if you need a cheap forward or if you need a cheap defender, I really like the fact that Cardiff can offer that and they do still get, returns every now and again yeah it's like i've had patterson for ages i just got him in for like lols because i had a space and now, now i'm like well i don't really see any reason to get rid at any point yeah i i really like cardiff i just feel like i've missed the boat too many times this season on them which is annoying because but then when you wild card if you've got a spot yeah totally. and it's like oh i've got this 5.2 million slot. I don't know. Well, I've got in. I've got Bednarak who's going to have to go at some point because I got him in for the good run of fixtures that Southampton had and I mean, they have Fulham and they do have a double game week coming up in the next sort of 6 weeks, but other than that, it's pretty ugly. Arsenal, Man United and Spurs to come. Like I don't really want Bednarak for those uh even if they could potentially get a clean sheet, it's just not a player I want to be using. So Southampton, yeah, they're probably ones ones to avoid. Uh, Chelsea, I mean, at this point, they just look awful, don't they? Like, we already spoke about yeah. them, I guess, but they don't even have great fixtures. Uh, and Everton, Fulham, Huddersfield, I mean, I, I have Barble. I think he could get some goals at some point, but it was very much a, I want to, met, I want to pick some crazy players who I think might do good, who I quite like the look of when I watch the matches and he repaid me by missing from two yards against United. So I, 
I think it's fair to say that these are not teams you should be looking at right now. Yeah. And yeah, I Everton, I just I don't even know how to explain what's going on with them. They have players who on paper should be good, but it just doesn't work. Watford, we haven't mentioned. Oh, you're right. I've left them off. And they, potentially, if they go through to the semi-final, they could have a double game week of Fulham and Huddersfield in Ooh. game week 35, which is Sign me up. so tasty. So I've got... I've... I'll have to keep Delefeu for yeah. that. Do I still have him? Yeah, you'll have to keep him for like seven weeks for that. It'd be great. I actually don't even know if he's still on my team. <laughs> That's how useless he is. I, I, I think he is. I don't know if I still own him. I'm pretty sure he is. Oh, he is. Yeah. So I've had Kiko Firmenia while he's been injured. Obviously, I had that. I, I was saying I was waiting for the nine-point haul and it came. It truly came. And then he got immediately injured. Yeah. So I've just been like, yeah, but they might get Fulham and Huddersfield in game week 35. So I'm going to hold on. Yeah, and I've done it. For. And it's been worth doing. And yeah, I do think you could look at guys like Decore, who's coming back into the team now after a, a short injury spell and also Pereira who will be coming back and like you say De La Fe, player who doesn't always smash it in fact very rarely smashes it but when he does it's bloody brilliant and I think Huddersfield and Fulham two teams at Watford should definitely be beating up on so that that could be potentially very exciting right do so you want to give a quick little shout out to the people who performed well in our little analysis domestically can you believe i've actually written down some some things i was shocked to see this <laughs> but i'm very so, proud game week 25 which was about three million years ago um that hadn't finished last time we'd done a podcast our top scorer that week was andy Klukas again uh with 120 points which is pretty big how does he do it I don't know. I didn't write any notes down on what these people actually did, so I, I don't can't care. Give I don't want to know any insight. I just, okay, I just want to know the score. Sure. And then game week twenty six, our top scorer was Tell Gregory with hundred and four points. But shout out to my friend Jack, previous guest on the Denalysis Fantasy Football Podcast, uh, who scored ninety six points, and he's been doing below average this <laughs> season. But I like Jack he's... Lincoln's principles, though. He keeps having these like really standout game weeks. Yeah. And like his team wasn't even that crazy. I think he captained Sterling and he had Aguero. Uh and you know, I feel that but like he's left his team. He'll leave his team for weeks without making any changes and then go in and do a couple bits. But I was really impressed with his That's a very form. good return. Mm. Very impressive. So congrats to the three of you. Absolutely. So we, we have a crazy game week coming up, don't we? We have two Friday night games. Which... It's so mad. It's like everyone was like, okay, we're going to need a game at every single point this week. Yeah. So if we could just put one I, everywhere. It's it's so annoying. Like I saw someone tweet earlier that football fans are in for a real treat this week because you've got great matches every day of the week. And it just made me miserable. I was like, I, ca I cannot. I cannot why, deal. Why isn't it? I'll tell you what. Why isn't it? Oh, because that's when the final is on. <laughs> oh. Why isn't it? Because I was going to be like, why isn't it 1745, 1230, 
then however many three o'clocks, then one half five, then one eleven, one two, and one four. Right, yeah. Because Tw- one twelve cup final, and two and yeah. 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 But still also why are there two games on Friday? Why can't one of these be a three o'clock on Saturday? It's so weird. It makes no because, sense. Because that's the thing, right? It's like, oh, we've put one on Friday for TV, but then there's another one at the same time. Like, there's not going to be on TV. I, d- I don't understand it. And, you know, this... Why didn't they make one of those uh, midday on Sunday? Yeah, I, I do hate this. Like, just a, a small, short little rant. They did this with the FA Cup as well, where it's like, one game on Friday, two games on Saturday, like three games on Sunday and one game on Monday. I don't understand why you're doing that. Like, you do not need to spread the FA Cup over four days. Like four days. Like, just have it all at once. Because one of the things that is so cool about the FA Cup is that you have a bunch of games on at the same time and there could be some chaos going on or something exciting happening with, I don't know harlington fc versus spurs or something sure and it sucks that you take that kind of excitement away from it to instead hey here's a lower league team playing crystal palace and crystal palace win hey here's a lower league team playing wolves and wolves win and it just felt very like devoid of the the excitement that you usually get where you feel like something could happen um and now they've carried this through for the the Premier League. We're used to it in the Premier League. It's fine, whatever. But I'm just sick of having to wait until like five days after the game week started <laughs> to know what my score is. I just want to know, Natalie. I just want to know my score. Stop making me wait until Mondays and stuff. Anyway, rant over. This week, fortunately, we only have to wait until Sunday because after the two o'clock game, it shouldn't be too long until we get our bonus points and all that jazz. So, Cardiff play Watford and West Ham play Fulham, both at 7.45 on Friday. Um, Should we go to the pub? Yeah, I was thinking about doing a little trip to the Hems. Do you know which one's a TV game? Is it West Ham or is it Watford? I have no idea, but I have fantasy bits in both, so I'm not bothered. Yeah, that's true. I, I hope for Menu returns for this one. That'd I'd assume be very it'd be West Ham Fulham, wouldn't it? Because Cardiff were on TV like quite recently. Yeah, it probably is. I know is. that's not how it, it works. <laughs> it kind of is to some degree, and I don't think Cardiff, many Cardiff games are broadcast, but regardless, from a fantasy perspective... Um, this is a good chance for, for Watford to get three points, but Cardiff have been been thoroughly impressive. I mean, they're one of those teams that they're quite easy to write off because they're just, they're Cardiff. But when they beat Southampton, oh wait, they didn't, they did beat Southampton, didn't yeah. they? Because Southampton equalised after basically yeah. being the better team, really, over the, the 90 minutes. They conceded in like the 90th minute and then Southampton equalised and then Cardiff scored again. And I think that is just, you know, there's nothing more Cardiff than that sort of win because they're not that good, but they can get goals out of nothing and it it, yeah. it defies explanation. It's just, it's pure heart. Like, that's what they have. I also think Watford are a very strong team that should be beating Cardiff. But yeah, it's, it's a tough one to call, but I'd definitely be happy to play my man Kiko so long as he's fit in this. And uh, I'd probably be equally keen to to play a Cardiff defender if I had them. Like, 
I'm not sure if there's any obvious clean sheets coming this week. But West Ham Fulham, we spoke about this earlier. It's a good chance for West Ham to get some goals and to get over the disappointment of just being quite shit recently, I guess. Uh, did they win last week? I can't remember. They drew 1-1. One, one. Drew 1-1. One, one. I can't remember who against. It was Palace. So to be fair, 1-1 yeah. one, one back-to-back games against Palace and Liverpool is not terrible. It, it's I was more thinking about like the FA Cup when they got knocked out by Wimbledon, which was... Oh, was it Wimbledon? Yeah, it was. Which was very disappointing for them, I'm sure. Probably going to be a... Well, at least three goals in this game, I'd say. I don't think it's going to be mental. I think it'll be quite boring at times, but I think there will be certainly goals for both sides. Uh, moving on to Saturday, we have a nice little 12.30, Burnley Spurs. Let's hope my man Son gets some goals. He probably won't because this is... Because I've given you all the facts yeah. and the facts say Burnley are going to win. Well, yeah, that's that's the scientific reason. But my reason that I'm choosing to believe is that I control the destiny of FPL FPL players, real football players. And when I bring them into my team, I make them shit. And I'm going to choose to believe that. Although, yeah, your stats are quite conclusive. And Burnley are very good. So this, yeah, this should be a tough game for Spurs. Away from home. I, I mean, I hate trying to predict these kind of ones. Because if Spurs are actually playing well, then they should really beat Burnley like 3-0. But they're probably going to have one of their trademark like sloppy performances and it'll be like a late like shot from Lorente off the back of Heaton's head that goes in that'll probably be how it ends because Spurs cannot draw but I don't know I'm guessing you're back in Burnley huh I'm playing Barnes and that's the bottom line of the situation yeah I mean that's not crazy because Spurs just concede all the time as well Mm. Uh, then we have a bunch of three o'clocks by a bunch I mean two Bournemouth <laughs> play Wolves which looks quite exciting I always like little like sexy football mid-table matches like that they're quite good I say mid-table Wolves are smashing it actually they're doing really well I think they're seventh at the moment uh, and Newcastle Huddersfield so I'll be hoping that my man Almiron can get off the mark for his his new club here I think this is, if you're looking to do a transfer, you haven't made one yet. A Newcastle player against Huddersfield would probably be quite a smart one. Especially as we spoke about earlier, they they do not blank. And their fixtures are actually quite good for the next sort of five, six games. And Bournemouth Wolves, I mean, Doherty continue to shine in an attacking sense in the FA Cup. But he, I mean, Wolves concede goals for fun now, it seems. The days of clean sheets are over, right? Yeah, I might get rid of Patricio this week, actually. I've got two free transfers and I kind of need to use one, you know, just so it's done. Who would you bring in instead? Maybe he Someone the same price. I wouldn't play him because I've got Fabianski. So I'd have to look at fixtures further ahead. Yeah, look for like a long-term one. Look at next game week where Fabianski plays Man City. So I don't know, but actually I might do that. I was just thinking about it. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I, that seems like quite a sensible thing to do. Uh, and then we have a late kickoff with Leicester against Palace. And this does not look like an entertaining game to me. As, I mean, I'm just going to I'm gonna drop my nil-nil clean sheet cup right here. I think that's what think... this is going to be. Yeah. I think Palace could win this. I think they could, but they they still aren't really scoring many goals. No, but they're not because they don't need to be. 
they don't, they're better than they're that. They're just doing like the bare minimum to get by, goals which are... is very Croydon. I don't like well, goals. <laughs> they score enough to win and then move on. Yeah, occasionally. Okay, fair enough. But I, yeah, I've got to bank a little nil-nil there. And then on Sunday, we have Arsenal Southampton and Man United versus Liverpool, both at 2.05. Uh, I presume the Man United Liverpool one will be the one on TV, and I'll just watch the Arsenal Southampton one and cry when we get destroyed by Danny Ings, I guess. So apart, from, is he? I he might still be injured. Yeah, I think he probably is actually. Didn't he um, get quite a serious injury? Like he pulled his hamstring or something. Oh, I've no idea. I got bored and stopped paying attention. It's, it's such a saga with Ings, isn't it? Um, so I guess unless you're captaining Son, this on Sunday here is where your captains are going to lie, right? That's a good question. I am actually struggling, struggling with my captaincy idea. My captaincy idea. That's a really weird way of phrasing it. My captaincy choice for this week. I think it's probably on Aubameyang because I'm just being a little Arsenal fanboy. But I'm definitely not looking at Salah because every matchup between Man United and Liverpool recently has just been like rubbish for Salah. And I can't be dealing with that again. So I was kind of looking at this being a week where I could really try something a little bit edgy. Could look at someone like Arnautovic. Arnautovic. Yep. On a Friday night. Oh, God. Imagine that. Me at the pub getting progressively more drunk as Arnautovic gets himself sent off. Don't do oh, it. Oh, yeah, no, that's that's too much of a risk. That's too too sexy a pick. You could just go for Son, though, couldn't you, really? Yeah, I could go for Son. And do you think that would be differential, though? I th- actually feel like that might be a very, very popular pick. Yeah. I'm going to do Aubameyang. Like, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I think I will. The fact that it's on the Sunday as well. But let me see what I actually already have set I as my captain. I'll do Aubameyang and I'll vice Pogba. I think that's yeah. probably what I'm doing. So I've currently got... Yeah, I've currently got Aubameyang. I definitely did move it to Almiron at some point. <laughs> but I obviously thought better better of that. But if he does go and smash it... The thing is, it's one of those things where... It's like, if he does go and smash it, it doesn't matter. Because I'm like the only person in the world who owns him anyway. So I still get get a leg up on other people. And if Aubameyang does well, which he, he should do really... And it's all good. So yeah, that's that's a choice for me. Is there anyone else that that takes takes your fancy? Perhaps a player you don't own. I mean, Jimenez against Bournemouth is even a an interesting shout because he's been pretty consistent lately. But I don't apart f- from last game week after everyone got him in. Yeah, well, that's the curse, isn't it? As soon as someone, mm. as soon as everyone realizes a player is actually good, they have to stop being good. That's just, it only took us twenty six weeks. Yeah, there's just balance in the universe. But yeah, Bournemouth do concede a lot. But uh, he's one of those where like you pick him as captain and you never feel comfortable because you don't yeah. really know like where the goal when is going to come from or if they're just going to have one of their typical Wolves days where they just can't really create many good chances. So yeah, it's, it's Aubameyang for me, I think. And you already know my clean sheet cut pick this week. Leicester Palace nil nil, baby. Did I get any points last time? I don't think I did. No, you said Arsenal versus Huddersfield. Uh, see, more reason to be mad at Kalasinac, the evil traitor. What did you say? I said, I said Brighton Burnley nil nil. Oh yeah, you did, and 
that was far from a nil-nil. Four goals yeah. in that game. That's true. I couldn't believe it, to be honest. I, there was a point when I thought, oh my God, Matt Ryan's going to save a penalty. And yeah, it didn't quite play out that way, did it? It was much worse than that. Zero points from, from Matt Ryan that game week. That was not nice. Oh. I'm going to say West Ham. West Ham against Fulham. Oh man, I really need Ryan Barbell to do something. I can't be dealing with my renegade picks not doing well. Okay, I have 5.9 in the bank. All right. But, yeah, I don't think I can realistically. Can I have Sterling and Aguero? Sterling. Oh, no, I'm just short. That's annoying. Because I was wondering if, if that is... I really want to keep Sterling. Like, I love him. I love him so much. And he keeps doing all these nice things, like meeting with, like, disabled kids and taking pictures and stuff and <laughs> and just being really... being a really good humanitarian. And, you know, when you've got, like, Marcus Alonso, who's crashing cars and shit, and then you've got Sterling, who's just a resident good guy. I just want him in my team. I just like him, Natalie. That's I how I feel like about Bats White. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's a he's a pretty good dude to hang out with as well. I reckon. Bats White, you know, he is... He could be. He could be the guy who gets the goals. But it doesn't seem to be happening so far for Palace. No. He started against uh, Doncaster yeah. in the FA Cup as well. And that's a good chance to, to get some goals to your name, isn't it? So... Mm shake my head in disbelief at batch way there but uh yeah so i guess that's that's kind of it for the podcast this week uh as i said very high energy uh i'm recording from my bed so it's been a little bit a little bit lackluster from that point of view but if you did enjoy it uh please do rate and review us on itunes five star is preferable anything else is fine i mean i i know it's not actually i take that back anything else is not fine five stars is the only one uh it's really appreciated because we can, you know, reach a larger audience if you give us a nice little rating. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at The Denalysis and you can email us at hello at thedenalysis.com. Natalie, do you have any last words for our lovely audience before we part ways for this week? Just fantasy responsibly, really. Yeah. Uh, we need like we need to expand on that meme and make it into like a you know like they have at the end of gambling adverts where they have the really like uh, it's something 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 when the fun stops well, stop. stop for more information visit com. blah 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 begambleaware it's like really rhythmic and and kind of you remember it when you hear the ads you find yourself repeating it we need something like that for fantasy responsibly okay but not now you can work on it i'll work on it i'll do some writing (laughs) in my off time but yeah thank you very much for listening everybody who made it this far we will be back next week with a new podcast probably uh in the (laughs) early part of the week and it will be fun i hope you will have a great game week 27 and if your your team is in the final if you're Manchester United Manchester United Manchester City or Chelsea fan I hope both of your teams win at the same oh time God. what if Man City win like 7-0 so what happens with Sari like if he makes it to the weekend and he wins a cup final is that going to like create a black hole or something in the universe I don't I don't really know 
Uh, but yeah, I think City are going to clean up, aren't they? They're going to win again, and it's going to be... You'd expect so. It's got to be good times for them. But I did say earlier in the season, when Chelsea played them at Stamford Bridge, I was like, oh yeah, City are going to batter them. And Chelsea freaking won. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah. It's a cup final. Anything could happen. But yes, listeners, we shall see you next week. Ciao for now. Bye.